0: Hi, my name is Juliet, and I'm the host for this podcast. I'm studying to be a rabbi, and in Judaism, there's a specific portion or reading from the Torah, which is the Bible, for every week of the year. As we go through these readings week by week in order from the beginning of the Torah to the end, from the beginning of the Jewish year to the end, we analyze the stories and we comment on them. Of course, connecting them to real life, to contemporary life, is how these ancient stories come alive, which is one of my great passions as a future rabbi. I hope you'll accompany me as I tell these stories of Torah and of my life and the lives of others. If you miss an episode, you can always go back and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for coming on this ancient and modern journey with me. experience last week that I have not been able to get out of my mind. As I was walking down the street, I saw ahead of me two young people of color wearing bright blue t-shirts with a professional logo, obviously about to stop me to get me to sign something, sign up for something, give money for some worthy cause. And I knew, I just knew it was gonna be something I didn't want to do. I was ready to say no, to keep walking with a smile on my face. Thank you. I'm sorry, but they took me off guard. They were so good. You look like a friendly face. Oh my god. I, it was perfect, really, because I'm one of I'm one of those people who really really minds the thought that I might be perceived as unfriendly, closed, cold-hearted in this cold city supposedly where I live in New York. It's not actually a cold city, but everybody thinks it is. And I'm just like, you know, I I don't want people to think that. Lots of other people walked by. They didn't have a problem. They just kept going. And I stood there observing myself, totally paralyzed. Juliet, just leave. Walk away. What are you doing? Why can't you? You wuss. As this young woman started showing me photos of children that were supposed to pull at my heartstrings and whose letters I would receive, I searched for ways to say no and walk away without losing face, and things started to unravel. Yeah, you can analyze me all you want. I know it has to do with poor boundaries and the need for outside validation, but it was also so much more complicated and deeper than that. So this is what happened. First, she told me to pick a country. I didn't want to pick a country. I said, there's enough poverty in the U.S. and I believe in starting at home. Well, guess what? She caught me there. She tearfully said, no problem. We have children to sponsor here too. And then she shows me more pictures and she goes, oh, oops, sorry. Oh, the U.S. is fully sponsored. Choose another country. I shrugged. I was like, ugh. Okay, I'll choose Mexico. I didn't want to choose any country. I didn't care what country. It's all the same to me. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. And then she says, Oops, Mexico is fully sponsored too. And the same thing for the next country. And I'm thinking, fully sponsored? Of course, I don't say this out loud, but this is what I'm thinking. Fully sponsored? What does that mean? I so wanted to sarcastically say to her, Oh, so you've solved the problem of poverty and hunger for all the children in the U.S., Mexico, and Guatemala? That's amazing! I actually did finally walk away, canceling the whole process I'd almost finished, which really pissed off the young woman whose time I'd just wasted. I apologized with real reasons she had no desire to hear. It didn't matter that I had had no income for a year during the year of COVID, that I was way behind in my rent. She probably didn't even believe me. Most likely, I'm just another rich white lady to her. Don't say you're sorry to me, she said in this calm kind of snide way, but she also kind of sounded robotic. Say you're sorry to this poor child who won't, get n- who won't be able to eat because of you. I really feel bad for her. Honestly, the way she said it, I wasn't entirely convinced that she felt so bad for this child. And as I walked away, I literally cursed her under my breath, over and over again. Of course, I was mostly angry angry at myself, but she pushed so many buttons, she had no idea. And this is why. So I wanted to save all the children. Okay, more boundary issues, boundary problems, maybe. Having been taught that I'm supposed to carry the whole world on my shoulders, growing up in the family that I did, the political home. But this whole thing honestly ran against two basic principles that I had been taught. Make sure you know the organization before you donate. True, right? Yeah. And two, although there's a place for, for philanthropy, this is exactly what those with money and power need in order to keep the same system going and the money in their own pockets. And it's mostly women who participate in it. Pulling the heartstrings, typical, right? Boundary issues, not being able to say no. It's a feel-good thing that allows people to walk away patting themselves on the back. They did something good. In this week's Torah portion, Akev, we're almost there we're about to cross over into the promised land. It's a continuation of Moses recounting to the Jewish people all that has happened to them thus thus far. Moses is at a stage of letting go, giving his last bits of advice before saying goodbye because he's not gonna be able to cross over. If you've been following, you know that. He quotes God again and again and reminds the people of how difficult they've been and that though God has chosen them, they really should thank moses himself for having saved their butts over and over again remember all the times moses had to say no god don't kill them don't be so mad no 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 you chose them you love them they're your people and god makes an incredible i mean moses makes an incredible promise he says if you follow all god's commandments you will be blessed above all other people and there will be no sterile males or females, and we're talking about humans and livestock forevermore. God will ward off all illness and disease, everything that the Egyptians get, you won't get, and there will be an abundance of food and wine forevermore. So it's kind of gonna be like heaven on earth because remember that during the 40 years in the desert, you were never hungry, nor did your feet get tired nor did your clothes wear out it's like magic or either, they're, either it's erasing the suffering that they went through as they made their way through the, through the desert or this really happened I don't know <laughs> anyway herein lie the famous verses for it is not by bread alone that you live but because of God's grace. It is not by the strength of your own hands, but by God's power. I paraphrase. Famous lines, right? It is not by bread alone. And then I thought of the hungry children I was supposed to feed. Then on Sunday, I heard an interview, interview of two spectacular women with Krista Tippett on, on being, Glennon Doyle, and Abby Wambach. They're amazing. It was really interesting. You should tune in and listen. And they were talking about courage. And I thought, oh, that's funny. Which kind of courage was I practicing? Was I practicing the courage to stay or to walk away from this woman who was asking me for money? These things are never black and white, are they? Anyway, within the context of courage, one of the things they talked about happened to also be the relationship between philanthropy and the system it maintains. While Glennon said that giving, even in tiny amounts, can take away a feeling of despair. And we all, like so many people walk around with the d- despair, especially after this year of, or during the year of COVID and after, yeah, I mean, it's still going on, but just this helplessness of what can I do? that giving even in tiny amounts doing something can take that feeling away and so it's really important but she also maintains and she had it took her time to discover this and to realize this she maintains that the importance of political action that it has to go hand in hand with charity you can't just give and then say okay i've done my part Charity conveniently alleviates without changing anything at all for the future. Later in the Torah reading, a paragraph we recite after the central prayer in Judaism, which is called the Shema. This is the listening prayer. We listen. We declare the, the, the sovereignty of the one God. And there are three paragraphs that we recite after the Shema after that that one-line prayer. And one of them comes from this this week's reading. It spells out in even more detail what Moses says above, what he said before, what I I talked about before. Both the positive and the negative. If you follow in God's ways, then you will experience total blessing. Everything's going to be great. And if you don't, then the opposite is going to happen utter destruction suffering for the earth everything's going to fall apart for all of its creatures the the rains and the and the and the everything will not come in its time it's like it's crazy it's kind of like it, you know a total imbalance like what we're what we're experiencing right now and so <clears throat> i asked myself, i asked myself this question was i participating in the evil of the world, was I not following in God's ways by not giving in order to alleviate the hunger of one child walking away from the suffering of another person? In the podcast, Glennon later brings in the word apocalypse and the idea of total destruct- destruction. And she mentions it. She's making a joke. She's talking about religion and um, typical... Christian teaching and what she grew up learning and realizing that it was not something that she believed in. Um, And so the word apocalypse, oh, the world is going to come to an end. Punishment for all of our evil ways. And then Krista Tippett immediately jumps in and she says that a theologian had taught her that the word apocalypse actually doesn't mean destruction at all. As it is commonly used in society. In Greek, it actually means uncovering or revelation or revealing. Glennon totally agrees with that. She adds, harmful, she she starts, she talks about how we're in a time of revelation, of uncovering of truths. As we know, during the Trump administration, all of the racism and everything that we knew was there under the surface just came out. And that this is not a bad thing because you have to reveal, you have to uncover what's hidden in order for something new to come about, in order for something new to be born. And in that, yeah, there's some destruction I was thinking about the word apocalypse and how complicated it is and what I just explained, destruction and rebirth and revelation. And I was thinking, wow, just like the Bible stories, just like the characters in the Bible, it's really complicated. Just like the situation I found myself in on the street last week. Just like our society, everything is so complicated. Maybe the reality is there is no perfect happy ending. You don't get heaven until you get to heaven. Humanity is messy. We all know how this story pans out. The Israelites do not walk in God's ways. And, well, neither do Christians and neither do anybody else that comes after. And here we are in the mess that we find ourselves in today. So maybe we need to remember this phrase, for it is not by God by bread alone that you live, but because of God's grace, whatever that means to you. It is not by the strength of your own hands, but it's something way bigger, something much, much larger that we are a part of. So I want to end by saying, may we keep trying our best to walk in God's ways and God I say with a grain of salt whatever that means to you however you want to interpret that word may we keep trying to walk in God's ways as complicated as it seems sometimes giving for the sake of giving while choosing wisely and also acting to change a system where charity is a necessity still so that it no longer becomes a necessity. Please join me next time. I look forward to sharing with you again, and thanks for listening. Hi, my name is Juliette, and I'm the host for this podcast. I'm studying to be a rabbi, and in Judaism there's a specific portion. We call it a parsha, or reading from the Torah or Bible for every week of the year. As we go through these readings week by week in order, from the beginning of the Torah to the end, from the beginning of the Jewish year to the end, we analyze the stories and we comment on them. Of course, connecting them to real life, to contemporary life, is how these ancient stories often come come alive which is one of my great passions as a future rabbi. I hope you'll accompany me as I tell these stories of Torah and of my life and the lives of others. If you miss an episode, you can always go back and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for coming on this ancient and contemporary journey with me. And please check out my website, linegditamid.us. Us. That's l E-G-D-I-T-A-M-I-D dot U-S. Thanks.